everybody, welcome to the Daughters Podcast. We're six young Catholic friends just trying to live out our identities as beloved daughters of God. We want to share our conversations with you in hopes that you too might see the ways that God is working in the joyful and the sorrowful mysteries of your lives. Thanks so much for joining us. So at the beginning of this year's religious education program, um, I helped teach a confirmation class at the parish that I attend. And our first actual class of the year, we spoke to them a little bit about the four harmonies and how the four harmonies were broken um, when sin entered the world. So those four harmonies are uh, between yourself and God, yourself and others, your self and creation, and the relationship that you have with yourself. Um, And so when we were speaking about that with them, uh, the topic of sin came up, obviously, in the fall. And with the topic of sin, we talked to them a little bit about the sacrament of confession. And a lot of them, we had asked them, when's the last time that any of you guys went to confession and nobody really said anything? And the person's being asked, have any of you guys gone to confession since your first reconciliation? And none of them had. And so we were just emphasizing with them, like, confession is so good and so important, and it's a sacrament that is very healing, so you should definitely go back. Like, and if you're afraid, like, we can go with you. We can, you know, like, usher you there. We will go um, and just told them times that they could do it. And a lot of the students were just kind of asking questions about, like, well, it's if a murderer goes into a confessional and confesses, like, a murder, like, does the priest forgive that? Like, murder's so bad. (laughs) It's like, how can they be forgiven? And Connor had told them, like, yeah, like, if they ask for forgiveness, like, God will forgive them for that. And one student raised her hand, and she just asked, is there anything God won't forgive? And when she asked that, Part of me felt so bad that that had to even be a question (laughs) because, yeah, like something in me just like ached for her. And I don't know if she asked it because there's something that she's afraid to ask for forgiveness from because she's afraid God won't forgive her or if she just genuinely like didn't know, like, is there anything that like you can't be forgiven from? Uh, But the answer to that, which we all know is no, there's nothing that God won't forgive if you like go to him and are seeking forgiveness and are repentant. But yeah, just that thought that there was ever any doubt in like God's mercy really like struck me just because I've never experienced that. Like even in moments where I felt really far from God, I was mostly because I was putting that distance between him and myself. It's not that I felt like he wasn't forgiving me for something. It was mostly that I couldn't bring myself to go to him and to admit that I had done something wrong. Uh, because I was prideful or I was selfish and stubborn and didn't want to admit that a way that I had been living was not what he wanted for me. And so, yeah, even in those moments, I knew, like, well, if I ever get to a place where I'm willing to admit that, I know that, like, God would still love me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was really hard for me to hear that, like, somebody didn't know that. <laughs> and so <laughs> I was just thinking when we left that class, 
like there were a lot of questions asked like obviously they're at that age where like they're starting to understand their faith a little more they're all freshmen and sophomores in high school and these things that they were told but never really thought about they're starting to think about a lot more um so it's natural that that question would come up like it, it yeah it doesn't it's not totally crazy to me that someone could ask that logically but still, like of all the questions asked that day, when I left, I was like, I hope that one was the takeaway. Like, is there anything that God won't forgive? And the answer is no. Like, if you go to God seeking forgiveness, like you will receive it. And the one like thing in scripture that it drew me to was um, just the stories of both Peter and Judas during the Passion and how both of them had like essentially the same sin and that they betrayed Jesus. Like, uh, Judas, you know, like sold him out to the the guards and betrayed him in that way. And Peter at the Last Supper had told him, like, I will like fight with you. And if they take you, like they have to take me too. And then that happened. And he was like, just kidding. <laughs> this is really scary. Um, and was even asked, like, as Jesus was arrested and the crowds were there, they asked him, like, aren't you one of his disciples? And multiple times. And three times he denied even knowing him. No, I've never seen him. Like, no, I don't know him. I'm not one of his disciples. Mm-hmm. And betrayed him in that way too, like saying that you would stand with him no matter what happened and couldn't follow through. But thinking about the different reactions that they had to their own sin. And like in Judas's sin, he couldn't accept that like God could forgive him for that. When in reality, I think a lot about how like if Judas was like sorry and asked for forgiveness like Jesus would have forgiven him and that's like so hard to think about because it was something that like drove him to his death but if he and people like kind of like think of him as like an enemy and like remember him that way the ultimate betrayer yeah and but it's like even then like betrayed like the son of God like if he had asked for forgiveness it would have been given to him Mm. do you guys have any thoughts about that (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, so many thoughts. I feel like it is so true that we are the ones that distance ourselves from God. And I think back to beginning my faith journey and just finding, like, a lot of sexual sin in my life and not realizing originally that, like, I had been distancing myself from God in that way and going into the confessional and kind of, like, trying to word it in a way that doesn't appear as bad as it is and, like, Mm -hmm. not fully bringing it to the Lord, like, keeping that distance. Like, I'll take, like, a little step closer, but, like, I'm not ready to, like, fully take it. Um, And I just remember how freeing it was to, like, finally just be like, this is it. This is it, Lord. And, like, I want that forgiveness, like, in its fullness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when my first, like, time, I would say I phrase it as, like, going back to confession correctly. (laughs) It's like – my freshman year at BU and I went to confession on our fall retreat and yeah I think I had a similar thing where it was like I don't want the priest to like think ill of me like Mm -hmm. I'm like a good student and a good kid and I don't want them knowing like all these things about me because then they're gonna know and yeah we all know that that's silly Mm -hmm. but yeah the that confession on that retreat I had had an encounter with the Eucharist and adoration right before that. And uh, Father Barnes actually gave a little talk about confession, like right before it started. 
And it was just like really like weighing on me like you need to go and you need to do this right. And I did. And it's like you go and you expect, especially after a long time, you expect the priest to like judge you in that moment Mm. or like chastise you. Mm. And that's never what happens. And it's, like, so nice to experience that because then once you do, you're, like, okay. (laughs) Like, I had built it all up in my head that, like, this was going to be hard because their reaction was going to be hurtful. Mm. And, like, that's never the case. I feel like the hard part for me is always walking out of the confessional and, like, actually committing to changing. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's – but then, like, when I fail to do that and I'm back in the confessional, Mm -hmm. um, that's the hardest part is, like, you heard me say this two weeks ago. Like you, same priest, you knew it. And like Jesus at the same, like, you know, the priest is acting as Jesus. And like Jesus heard me say it two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And here we are. Um, And that's, I think, one of the things that like really was difficult for me to, and still is difficult for me to accept is like, I, these habitual sins, and a lot of them were established before I was really like into my faith. And, you know, no sin is a mortal sin if you don't know that it's a sin at the time you committed it. But once you do realize and then you need to like call yourself to stop and these things that are just like easy in my life or like it's this thing that I don't want to let go of or it's um Helen I think about like what you said about sexual sin like that was something that like uh things that were going on in my life that I didn't before I realized like how grave it was what I was doing and then once I did realize it though it was like very difficult to just cut that off at the head and like stop doing that kind of thing and um I think that to me is like one of the hardest things to commit to is like as you're walking out of the confessional, really commit to like, hey, those things I just said, I'm not going to do those things again. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do my very best to not do that again and, um, you know, give up these things that might they might be pleasurable. They might be enjoyable in the moment. But like we know at the depths of our core, like this is damaging my relationship with God. Um and I heard on this, it was, I was listening to like a personal growth podcast. And one of the things that they say, this is very much applicable to our face, but it's like the price of future you is today you. Mm-hmm. And if you want that future you, like you have to let go of who you are today. So if you want to like be better, that means letting go of the things that you're holding on to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was one time I had gone to confession and um, – Afterwards, when the priest was giving me spiritual direction, I just admitted to him that I was kind of, I felt like I was stuck in a rut where I kept going back to confession for the same reason. And I just felt like every time I come in here and to this confessional, the same thing keeps coming up. And I had admitted to him, like, part of me feels like I'm taking advantage of God's mercy. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, hard to admit. Like, like it felt like I couldn't stop because I was like, well— like, am I not stopping because I know I'll be forgiven or what? Um, and I just, like, admitted that to the priest. Um, and he directed, he read out um, Psalm 136, the first line of it, which is, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endures forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was really helpful. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, th- we can't, like, he will always give it, and he will always give it freely. And But we do, you do need that. You do need like the desire to change and sometimes it's harder to like come to but Mm. I think the fact that we go back to confession and we realize that it's wrong like we want to be better like if we knew it was wrong and we just were like well this is just how it is and like we'll just keep going with it I guess like 
that's a different thing. But at least the recognition that, like, I failed again, but, like, I want to try to not fail in the future. That's, like, sainthood. You know, that's, mm. like, that's what saints are. Like, Preach. they're not people who, like, never failed, but people who keep going and keep trying, like, not to fail after doing it many times before. Do you guys ever feel like, and maybe this is just, like, me being very silly, but I almost want the priest to, like, chastise me sometimes. Like, and this is so bad, but, like, I, there are times that I'll, like, be confessing, like, oh, like, I really kept losing my patience with someone or, like, I was just not being as merciful as I wanted to be or I wasn't being as, like, good as I wanted to be. And, like, there are sometimes that, like, a priest will try to speak mercy into my life and, um... He'll try to say, like, oh, like, you know, you were in a very difficult season right now. Like, I remember while I was engaged, like, um, my mom kept talking to me about, like, all of these little things during the wedding that she wanted to happen. And I just lost my patience with her. And I was confessing that in the confessional. And um, the priest was like, you know, you were in a really stressful season right now. And, like, God does not expect you to be 100% perfect all the time. Like, he, it is okay that, like, you were under a lot of stress right now and I just remember being like no it's not like I should be perfect and like I wanted him almost to like yell at me or punish me for it and like how I'm like thinking about this right now in real time um like how silly was that that I wanted God to like almost punish me for it whereas like it's like almost a rejection of God's mercy total mercy um and a rejection of like Lord, like, you need to punish me so that, it, like, this becomes okay. And it's that, that's not what God does. He's like, you can come to me, and that's why we have a little bit of penance. And it's like, say in our Father. And it's like, and our Father does not cover all of the horrible things I just did. Mm-hmm. But, like, God lets it cover that. And how beautiful is that? Yeah. Like, we don't need to be chastised for it, but God just, like, lovingly accepts. Well, and I think it's because it doesn't make sense with our understanding of what we believe justice to mm-hmm. be. Mm-hmm. We're like, I've done something wrong, so, like, I need to be punished and— Jesus is like, I already did that, man. (laughs) I went (laughs) on the cross and died for you for this sin, and now I just want to love you in this moment. And it it is hard to accept sometimes because it just doesn't make sense um, that, like, someone's already accepted the punishment for us. And I knew I I would bring them up eventually. I'm happy that I lasted this long. (laughs) But there is a Three Dogs North podcast. (laughs) I've listened to every single one of them. We love Three Dogs North. We do. (laughs) They can be our (laughs) I know. Shout out. Um, But Father Mike was talking about the movie Les Mis. And um, they kind of talked about the parallels between, like, Peter and Judas's acceptance of mercy between um, Jean Valjean and Javert's where when Jean Valjean experienced the mercy of the bishop at the beginning of the movie, he turned his life around. Like, it was a moment where he should have been, he tried to steal from the bishop, and he should have been arrested and thrown in jail again. Um, And instead, the bishop, like, let him go and, like, didn't, like, sell him out to the police, essentially. And he saw that mercy and was like, I need to change my life because I've been given another chance. And at the end of the movie, when... Jean Valjean has the opportunity to kind of like, I don't remember what it was, basically like uh, not offer mercy to Javert, and he does. Javert like doesn't know what to do with it because it doesn't make sense with his understanding Mm. of justice, Mm. and it like drives him to his death because he can't live with the fact that he's been forgiven for something that he felt like he should have been punished for or should have been, you know, like, yeah, punished for, I guess is the best word. And it's like, yeah, that's our faith. (laughs) Like, there are so many times where, like, 
it doesn't make sense to me that like I should I can be forgiven for things that I've done and I think that's where the students are struggling too like when they ask like how can we like how can the priest like hear that someone's killed someone and like forgive that and like how can God forgive that it's like because he's already like died for it Mm -hmm. yeah I think I think this is another time when um our experiences in life really shape um the way that we view God's forgiveness and I think that um you know if you grew up in a home where saying sorry was something that was done and um resolving things was something that was done and you learned how to do that properly and in a healthy way then um, maybe confession can be a little easier but then if you've grown up in a in a place where um since like things weren't forgiven or it felt like love was given to you conditionally and that really affects um that relationship with god and like truly being able to understand that he not only loves you unconditionally but has unconditional mercy um and one thing that so my relationship with chris taught me so much about god's love for me and unconditional love specifically and i'll never forget one time um i hurt him and i honestly don't remember what I did and I'm grateful that I've kind of forgotten what it was but I remember feeling really bad when I hurt someone and I know it I usually cry like I just get like very very upset that I I did that um but then with Jesus I can hurt him all the time and not cry but anyway um so I was talking to Chris and I was just like my reaction is to just want to like run away like I'm like I don't deserve to have you as a boyfriend it was when we were dating so you know I should run away like and I remember he he looked at me and he said um I know you think that right now as I'm like hurt by you that I've stopped loving you but in reality I love you more than before you hurt me because my love for you grows every second of every day oh and I was just like <laughs> cue the, the tears I, so good. I remember looking at him and being like what? Like, <laughs> who are you? Who are you know? You? And then, but I was just thinking about it. And I was like, if this guy who a year ago, I didn't even know he existed, can love me in a way that tells me that after hurting me, he loves me more than before, then how great must God's love be? I mean, he created me. Mm-hmm. Like, he, mm-hmm. it's just... Yeah, so if, like, just if a human being that sins constantly is able to love like that and forgive like that, what can God do? And something he always tells me, because I still do the whole, like, I'm so sorry, like, how can I make up, you know? And then he's just like, I've forgiven you. It's time for you to forgive yourself, you know? Mm -hmm. And, like, he always tells me that. Like, now you need to forgive yourself. And I think that's something... um, for people who are afraid of like coming to God and mm-hmm. and sharing that is first of all God has forgiven you already like the second you repent like he's I mean he died on the cross for you he's already forgiven you but going up to him well going to confession and just like laying it out and just knowing that you're coming out of there forgiven whether mm-hmm. you like it or not it's happening and so and then learning to forgive yourself and learning to not hold on to that and still go back to that one sin or two sins and like just torture yourself with that, you know? Yeah, and I feel like it. we need a better understanding of like what our sin 
does in a certain aspect, and that can help us understand God's mercy a little bit more because sometimes I feel like we think of sin as, like, I did this and God's upset with me because I broke a rule. Mm -hmm. And, like, God told me to do this and I have to go confess to him that I broke one of his rules one of his rules that he gave me when really it's like what sin does is like separate us from him and that's why he's upset Mm -hmm. and like that's why sin hurts god Mm -hmm. it's not because it's like i gave you this these instructions and you didn't follow and like shame on you but it's like you're separating yourself from me i think too um when we teach this when we teach second grade ccd my husband and i teach together it's one of those things that we talk about all the time is like God doesn't just give us rules for the sake of rules, right? Like he is our loving parent. And, you know, for an eight-year-old, it's very easy to use the parent analogy. But it's like your parents don't tell you not to touch the stove because Mm -hmm. they don't want you to touch the stove. They tell you not to touch the stove because you will hurt yourself. And, like, at the end of the day, God doesn't just, like, set up these rules arbitrarily because it's like, let's see how obedient they can be. It's like he's hurting and, like, we're hurting that relationship because we're hurting ourselves. Mm -hmm. And, like, at the end of the – at the very core of sin, like, we are – we are hurting ourselves like we are disrespecting his creation um Mm -hmm. well and i think that's why like that that understanding makes the mercy a little bit more understandable at least to me in a certain way Mm -hmm. it's not that well you broke what i asked you or you did what i asked you not to do but i'm gonna forgive you it's more like i'm like so willing to forgive you because i want you to be close to me again not like I want you to be clean and like have a clean sl- slate and maybe start over and like try again this time, like game over, new life, let's go. <laughs> um, it's more like, no, I, I'm i so like ready to forgive you and like pour mercy on you because I want you close to me. And that's how we get close to him is like sin is what separates us from him. So when we're absolved of that, we're like right up next to him again. Kelsey, do you mind sharing the story that you shared with me last night about the crown of thorns? Mm. I think that is like a perfect image of what Casey just said. It's a Mm. good point, yeah. Yeah, so this past Holy Week, I was praying with the Sorrowful Mysteries, and I was praying about the crowning of thorns, and I just had this image come into my mind, and it just kind of played out like a scene in a movie. Um, And I was in this room with Jesus just after he had been scourged, and they had like dressed him in purple robes and he's kind of like slumped in the corner in a lot of pain and I'm in the room and I'm holding the crown of thorns and I'm walking towards him knowing that I'm going to put it on his head um and I'm like upset by it I I didn't want to and I can like see his eye like we make eye contact and I can see that he like knows that it's coming and he's already in such pain and like I tearfully place this crown on his head and once I put it down there's like thorns in my hand and he just like takes my hand and takes the thorn out of it yeah and it was just like (laughs) it was just wild (laughs) oh man it makes me cry still obviously (laughs) yeah like I had just put this on his head and immediately like this thing that I did hurt obviously it hurt him so much but like also hurt me because now I have a thorn in my hand but he just like gently pulled it out Yeah. yeah And I think that's a perfect image of confession because we come, we're, we're broken, we're, we have these open wounds and like confession isn't for like, yeah, God to just ridicule us for what we've done. It's, it's literally a physical reaching out and touching the wounds and healing them. 
and they might leave a scar and we might reopen them but like in that moment in the confessional like it is a sacrament of healing and Mm -hmm. um god so desires to just reach out and touch us um and i think we hurt him more sometimes we hurt him more by not turning to his mercy um like more so than the sin itself and actually so saint faustina's diary it's taken me five years like five million years to get through (laughs) um but if it's okay with you guys i kind of just wanted Mm -hmm. to read um, a little bit about this. This is Jesus speaking to St. Faustina um, just about the pain of people not going to mm-hmm. receive his mercy because he he's a fountain of mercy. Like you see the image of divine mercy where his heart is, it's pouring out the blood, but it's also pouring out the water and he wishes to purify. Um, and he's, he's just like, he's a dad. He's standing there. He's eagerly waiting to just pour that out on us. And we just turn away. And I think that hurts him more than this in itself. So I'm going to read this because these are actually Jesus's words, not mine. And they're better. <laughs> <laughs> so this is Jesus speaking to St. Faustina. My heart overflows with great mercy for souls and especially for poor sinners. If only they could understand that I am the best of fathers to them. And it is for them that the blood and water flowed from my heart as from a fount overflowing with mercy. For them I dwell in the tabernacle as king of mercy. I desire to bestow my graces upon souls, but they do not want to accept them. You, meaning St. Faustina, at least come to me as often as possible and take these graces that they do not want to accept. In this way you will console my heart. Oh, how indifferent are souls to so much goodness, to so many proofs of love. My heart drinks only of the ingratitude and forgetfulness of souls living in the world. They have time for everything, but they have no time to come for me to me for graces. So that's the right one. Oh, yeah. That quote about receive these graces and you will console my heart. Like what? Who is our God? That He is so good that like the way we make him feel better is by taking from him and taking from his goodness. Like. If there is anything that encapsulates God, I mean, this, like, he's so good. I, I'm, like, reveling in this right now. <laughs> um, but, yeah, just the fact that, like, he is so good that he just wants us to take from him. And, like, I was thinking about, Kelsey, as you were talking about your reflection, um, the fact that he just, like, takes on one more thorn from you and, like, nothing can break him. Like, nothing is too much. Like, you put – if you – do put the whole crown of thorns on him and if he takes one more from you like and he will continue to take one more from you if you had had a whole body covered in thorns like he would have taken all of them out um and i think so frequently we think of god as like this person we can break mm-hmm. or this per- or at least i do like i think of him as this person like lord if like yeah but that'll be the straw on the camel's back like that'll be the one thing that puts you over the edge and that's too much for you and it's like oh well rachel's a lost cause like that's that's her ticket to you know not going to have any more. Um, and like, how false is that? Like, all he wants is for us to just take from his goodness. Yeah. I feel like going back to him over and over again reminds me of the story of the prodigal son mm-hmm. um, and like bringing ourselves back to him. And like, the prodigal son expects that justice. Like, sometimes I feel like I do as well, Rachel, like, expect the justice in the confessional. Um, and they go in scared and that I have prepared like all of this stuff and here Jesus is just wanting to flow out his mercy upon me Um, and every time and time again like the father cuts us off and says nope like here we go like let's pull that thorn out Um, 
his just his love is just so great. He is love. I don't think we'll that's something we will never be able to fathom because we love with very human hearts and he loves with the heart of the father that is perfect and that although it knows pain it knows all of the brokenness of the world it itself is not broken and so like the idea of going into the confessional and having someone eagerly like waiting to just heal us and like be intimate with us and like yeah literally become one again um that is something that we will never be able to understand, but it's the reality of what it is. Like, that is the truth, is that he is love. And and when we go to the confessional, like, he unites us back to that love that mm-hmm. is perfect. Yeah, I have such holy envy of parents. I feel like sometimes when I think about my relationship with God, and I, like, I imagine that when I am a mother, God willing, um, I'll just have such a better understanding of like, here's this person I created who can literally do nothing wrong or not nothing. I shouldn't say they can do nothing wrong, but nothing could break my love for them. Um, And you see that with parents all the time, like parent, the prodigal sons of the world who go and like waste all their parents money and they fall in, you know, kids who unfortunately like fall into drugs and they fall into like these really horrible habits and hurt their parents quite seriously and yet their parents are still there with just like outflowing love and I really like when I reflect upon my own vocation like I think about that and how there is <laughs> one of the reasons God definitely called me into the vocation of marriage is that like I need I think I am going to need that relationship to like understand his love for me because it's still just like this unfathomable unconditional love and even for people who had parents who maybe didn't love them yeah. when they did something mm. to, like, make them upset. Like, they still have God the Father who loves them perfectly, nonetheless, even if you don't have that example. Like, it, it's just a fact. Mm-hmm. Is anything stirring on your heart over there? <laughs> Just that, yeah, I think I take confession lightly. Like, I go and I think I need to, one, think about the weight of my sins and what it actually does to Jesus, like we've been talking about. But two, also recognize that, yeah, when I walk in there, Jesus is, like, longing to forgive me so that I can be close to him. This, I mean, I think I just have this sin of not believing that God like actually wants that for me or that it's too good to be true or there's too many other people that he is busy with and I've mentioned this a few times um but just recognizing that personal love of the father and knowing what my sin does to him and how much he wants to wipe that clean and restore our relationship um yeah I think I just need to meditate on that more deeply um, what that really is Anyone have any closing thoughts before we kind of move into our? Yeah, I I heard from someone that um, on the day that St. Faustino was canonized, JP2 said, this is the best day of my life, which is like so cool because JP2 gave us like so many great things like theology of the body and love and responsibility and all these great teachings on like love itself but one of the greatest things that he like wanted the world to understand was divine mercy Mm. and yeah I think that's one of the things that's like harder 
for us to accept. Like, sometimes it's easier for me to accept that God loves me than it is for me to accept that, like, God forgives you, too. Because mm. even after you've been absolved of your sins, like, you know that you've done them. And that guilt can stay with you because you know that you've done something wrong. And sometimes it's hard to, like, let go of that completely. Um yeah, just knowing that you've done it even after you've been forgiven for it. Um, it's something that we, like, hold on to. Um, and, yeah, I think I think of St. Paul a lot uh, in those moments where Kelsey had mentioned in um, the movie. I forget what it was called. Probably just St. Paul or <laughs> something like that. Paul the Apostle Prince, yeah. Um, in those moments where, like, the weight of the sins that he had committed would, like, weigh on him. How he would just say, like, your grace is enough. Mm-hmm. And yeah, sometimes I have to do that because the weight of sins that I've committed in the past that continue, I continue to carry. The devil uses it. Like, the devil, what he does best is, like, remind you of your past and mm-hmm. convince you that it'll, like, affect your future. Mm-hmm. When really, like, we need to, like, live in the present moment of knowing that, like, God is here with us in the present as opposed to, like, tainting, like, your memory of, like, what you've done and, you know, like, bringing up all those, like, things that you might have done wrong and saying that, like, you can never let go of this. When in reality, God just, like, wants you to be, like, with him right there in the moment and be more present with him. Yeah. So. I think that's a great place to end. I think that's a great takeaway question. Yeah, I, I think something that we should really invite the listeners to this week Um get into the confessional. I don't think we need to have <laughs> challenge you to anything more than that. Get into the confessional, go to receive the fountain of mercy um, that God desires to pour out into your lives. And just know that no matter what you've done, where you've been, um, how far you feel from God, like he is there in the confessional eagerly waiting to bestow his mercy on you with tears in his eyes, um, just smiling at you. I would add one little addition to um if anyone out there is struggles with scrupulosity or um has these things that they have taken to the confessional multiple times and it's still just really weighing on them like a talk to a spiritual director um this is not something that you need to carry through with your whole through your whole life but also just trust that god has forgiven you and he has you know this is not a weight that you need to carry around as casey said like you're a grace is enough his grace is enough um and he wants you to just bask in his love rather than constantly dwell on all of the things you've done wrong mm-hmm. i wanted to say one more thing um if anyone out there has had a negative experience with confession because mm. i did have one as i a did kid, too i have to and <laughs> it scarred me like the way the priest like pounced on this one thing and it made mm. me feel shame mm-hmm. and all these things that I don't think God wanted me to feel, um, that really stopped me from going back. I mean, I would still go back, but so afraid, like shaking, you know, mm-hmm. and even as as an older, like, you know, that was when I was, I don't know, 10, 11. Oh, and then later I was like 16, 17, 20, and it still kept coming up. So, um, you know, um it is possible that you can have a negative experience in confession. And it is possible that you may have been um, made to feel shame. Um, But just don't let that one experience define confession as a whole and the sacrament as a whole, because 
the sacrament is a beautiful thing and it's meant to bring you closer to God. And I've been very surprised. There have been many times when I've gone to confession now and I've had this list of sins. And I thought that the priest was going to touch on this one that I was very afraid of. And he didn't even talk about it. At the end, he talked about like my pride or he talked about, which is also very important, but he <laughs> talked about like that one comment I made to my husband that was hurtful and how I need to work on that. And he mm. didn't touch upon this part that I was so afraid to share with him. Mm. Um, and I think that if you say a prayer and you you tell this to God, you say, God, I'm scared to go in there because of this experience I had, or even tell the priest, I've done it before where I've said, you know, bless me, Father, for I have sinned. Um, just so you know, I'm I'm really scared right now. Um, mm. And I was I felt really ashamed this one time. And I, you know, just like prepping him a little bit. And God's going to speak through him. And God's going to tell you. And God's going to say what you need to hear so that you can restore that relationship with him and come back. Amen. Yeah, sacrament or the sacrament of confession is a perfect sacrament administered by imperfect humans. And... Mm -hmm. You know, our deepest apologies for anyone who has had a bad encounter with confession. But yeah, find a priest that you're comfortable with. Um, Casey was talking at the beginning about confessing to someone who like knows you. Mm -hmm. And uh, I hate going to confession with priests who know me. I avoid going to confession <laughs> with priests who know me. Well, because it's awkward. And yeah, I, you know, right. I'm friends with those priests in real life. And so, mm -hmm. and like, I know that he forgets everything as soon as I walk away. And I trust in that. But I am just a little bit more comfortable with a complete stranger, mm -hmm. and that's okay. Yeah. So yeah, find a find pros and cons. Pros and cons. <laughs> <to both. laughs> Again, yeah, it's mm -hmm. a. Um, either way, find you know find what's comfortable for you, but get in that confessional this week. Yeah. All right, sweet listeners, thank you for hanging with us. Um, remember that you are loved infinitely, and that um, God's mercy can reach you no matter where you are. Um, and until next time, we'll. See you then. See you then. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. Daughters is a production of Grexley. To listen to more episodes of our show or to find other great podcasts, visit www.grexley.com. That's G R E xly.com. You can also support Grexley on Patreon, where you'll get access to behind-the-scenes content and tons of other fun perks. You can find us there at www.patreon.com slash Grexley. We'll see you next time.